Hey everybody, and welcome to Orla's Happy Hormones Podcast, Episode 8. So over the last few weeks, you've heard me talk about loads of different hormonal conditions, and last week and the week before, I veered off into a bit of feminism, and to be honest, I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm I'm really happy that I am touching on all these different topics and these different subjects, and it's, it's brought an awareness even to me when it comes to periods and period talk and everything that how much I want to open up the conversations that people are having and how much or not how much but how important it is for these conversations to be had especially for the likes of our daughters and our sons and the next generation that's coming and not just that but for ourselves as well like so that we can have a an open communication amongst us all when it comes to periods and female health and hormone health. It's so important because, like I always say, half the population have a period. Do you know, it, it's a normal thing. It's It's been around since the dawn of man. Even animals have their periods, you know. It's, it is one of those normal things. So... I'm really happy that I am diving into all the different topics and and just pushing people's thought process, you know, because we do, we need to think outside the box and think about what it is that the female body is capable of and also what the female body goes through, you know, from all these different hormonal conditions from PMS to PCOS to endometriosis to loads of different conditions and that's why this week I'm bringing it back to the hormones again and I'm talking about amenorrhea. Now there are so many women out there who suffer from amenorrhea and they're told by their doctors and physicians that it's normal. Now mainly women in their early to mid 20s are told look it's normal you're either going through a really bad period of stress or you're you're an athlete you're training really hard one or the other, a few other different things. But for me, being hearing that women are being told that this is normal, it kind of bugs me because it's not normal. We're meant to be having our periods for a specific reason. It's reproductive. They're, it's meant to be there. So when your periods stop, it's a, it's a sure sign that it's your body's way of telling you there's something going on, something's not right here, something isn't functioning properly. So it really, we should be looking at it and not being told, ah, look, it's normal, it's fine, don't worry about it, when it's not normal. It may be common, but it's not normal. What is amenorrhea? Now, there's two types. There's primary amenorrhea and secondary amenorrhea. Primary amenorrhea is literally delayed puberty, and this is down, so basically girls aren't getting their periods at all, they're not starting puberty. And this is down to a number of factors, but mainly it's related to either the pituitary gland, the thyroid, or the or it's adrenal mal- malfunction. It's um this is something that like I said, it's primary primary amenorrhea. So it's a condition from the get-go. And this is when doctors will actually look at it and be like, okay, we have a problem here, we need to do tests, we need to see what's going on. And they can give the proper treatment protocols then going forward. If it is got to do with the pituitary or different hormones, they can treat those specific hormones or glands. But then when it's secondary amenorrhea, 
it's a different condition altogether. So secondary amenorrhea is when you have started your menses. So you started a normal period during your teens, anywhere from 10 to 15. That's roughly the normal ages or the average ages when it'll start. And so you have your period and then all of a sudden it stops. Now, it used to be if it stopped longer than three months, you were classed as having amenorrhea. It seems to have come back now to if you've lost your period for more than three months, it's um, diagnosed clinically as amenorrhea. Now, it affects up to 5% of women, but these are only documented statistics because a lot of women don't actually tell the doctors that uh, they've lost their periods because it has become so normal and so mainstream that they're like, okay, I've lost my period. It's going to come back on its own if I not stressed anymore if I stop training and things like that but it's not the case for everyone like telling a girl in her early 20s you know you have to do this 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 and this yeah they'll listen to you but sometimes they won't take it all on board and look I understand that completely I was a woman in my 20s before and I wouldn't listen to anyone I'm not saying that you won't listen here I'm just saying for some people they think, you know, oh, I'll leave it alone and it'll come back on its own. And it very may well. Like, there are so many cases where women's periods stop and after a few months it does come back. And it could be down to the fact of lifestyle or stress has reduced, things like that. But there are so many different causes for it. Like, it can be down to, like I said already, stress or vigorous training. But also, like, stopping the pill because the hormone production has been interfered with, then anorexia, um, so not enough calories, your body fat is too low, once your body fat goes below a certain percentage, it's usually anywhere below 16% is when you will start losing your periods, can be a bit higher for some women and can be lower for other women, but the average is in anywhere around 16% body fat, then also depression, uh, PCOS, Again, down to your glands or your pituitary, your thyroid or adrenal malfunction. So there are loads of different causes. And one cause that a lot of people don't realize as well is like a sudden shock or a sudden trauma can completely stop your periods right in their track tracks, should I say. And again, it's all coming down to gland function and hormone function. So when I talk about gland function, I'm talking about the likes of your hypothalamus, your pituitary gland, your adrenal glands. Now, with the hypothalamus, loads of different factors are at play here. So the likes of stress, weight loss, severe chronic illness, and um, even stopping the pill, these all affect the hypothalamus. But stress, emotional and psychological issues, they have a huge impact on the hypothalamus function. So when the body and mind are undergoing like stress, be it emotional or physical, the hypothalamus gland uh, won't actually send the, the proper signals to your pituitary gland. When it comes to the hypothalamus and the pituitary and the adrenal glands, they're all connected and there's all a feedback network going on. But with stress, be it physical, emotional the hypothalamus will stop sending those proper signals to the pituitary gland 
and the pituitary gland is what is going to be releasing your sex hormones, be it estrogen or testosterone. And like I said, the adrenal glands are playing a significant role here as well because stress will increase your cortisol and adrenaline levels. Now, yes, cortisol and adrenaline are really important and they're there for a reason. Like These aren't the enemies, but when you have too much of them, that's when there's a problem happening. So like when you have too much cortisol or adrenaline, you're gone back into that state of fight or flight. And then it has that negative loop back up to the hypothalamus and pituitary gland where all the signals are getting mixed up and confused and nobody knows what their job is anymore. So then what can happen is that the body goes into a state of failure to ovulate is what it's known as. So the likes of PCOS and breastfeeding and having thyroid problems or a condition called Cushing syndrome all play a role in non-ovulatory cycles. So when you don't ovulate and then when you don't ovulate, you don't get a menstrual cycle. But a lot of the time, this is down to what's called hyperprolactinemia. Now, again, this is all going back to the pituitary gland. Now, hyperprolactinemia is where a person is secreting more than normal levels of prolactin. This is a hormone that's um, used for sufficient milk supply when breastfeeding and it also has a connection with estrogen and testosterone levels but when you have too much prolactin it can really affect the estrogen and testosterone levels so much so that your androgen or your testosterone levels are too high and that's going to cause you to stop ovulating and again when this is happening it's not just down to the likes of the thyroid problems and different conditions of the body. It, it can be down to, well, yes, it is down to different conditions of the body, but what I mean is it's also down to our external factors as well. So the likes of stress and too much exercise and certain drugs all play a massive role in how our body secretes hormones and how those hormones are actually interacting with each other within our bodies. And that's kind of where amenorrhea gets a little tricky because for every woman, it's completely different as to why they're actually suffering with this. And as well, it's all down to how long it's been going on, what factors you've taken to, to try and reverse it and different things. And like, has your doctor set down any protocols have they done blood tests have they just said it's normal give it a few months see if it comes back like it's all different for every single woman and unfortunately it's not as straightforward as you think it would be it's not as easy as just giving a magic pill and saying here you go here's your period back it is a bit more complex I really wish it was that straightforward but for any woman who has been into my clinic or for any woman who has gone elsewhere looking for help for amenorrhea, you'll see it's not a matter of a week or a few weeks or a month of taking herbs or taking medication and it comes back. It does take a long time. Now, not too long, but it can take anywhere for up to six months. Look, I'll be honest, I've had clients in here with amenorrhea and I have found myself singing Let Them Bleed to the theme song of Frozen's Let It Go. Like, I will be making my herbs and being like, just let them bleed. Because they want to bleed. 
they want to have their periods and this is a normal thing but it does take time because what the body has undergone be it from stress be it from thyroid function adrenal function too much exercise low body fat there's a whole host of things at play but what I do see in the clinic and from different studies that I read and talking to general population like its main cause is down to either the excessive training and low body fat but also down to the likes of PCOS PCOS has a huge not a huge part to play in it but amenorrhea is one of the biggest signs and symptoms for PCOS and there are so many different types of PCOS and again that's all down to what your blood hormone levels are so look what I'll say to anybody who is listening if you have lost your periods and they've been gone for a few months and you've been to the doctor and they haven't done any tests go back to them and just ask them for for your hormone tests ask for thyroid function, ask for estrogen levels, androgen levels, progesterone levels. Do you know, it's your body and you, you have every right to know what's going on in it. And doctors are there to help you. Do you know, doctors have gotten into a profession, a healthcare profession, because they want to help people. And I know a lot of people are afraid to go to their doctors and they're also, and I can understand why, because a lot of, not a lot, of, some people, maybe a lot of people have had bad experiences with doctors. I think it's all down to, the person themselves as in the doctor themselves may they could be in the game a long time and they're they're burnt out but then there are some amazing doctors out there like my own doctor who I absolutely love she's phenomenal I'll go to her and her and I'll be like do you know I want this done and this done and this done and she's like yeah no problem let's do it and we work together do you know so I will say to people do go to your doctor and get these tests done if you haven't had your period in a long time but yeah, unfortunately, the main times I'm seeing amenorrhea, it's either PCOS, excessive stra- excessive training, or else really low body fat, or excessive training and low body fat. Um, it's most common in the likes of long distance runners and physique models and bodybuilders. Now, when it comes to athletes and amenorrhea, um, the most experience I have with it is with physique athletes and powerlifters, and that's just because... They're the people who have come to me. That's kind of the world that I'm in, being a powerlifter. But actually, the most common form of amenorrhea in athletes is in athletics athletes. So the likes of your long-distance runners and gymnasts. Like, athletes with having to have, like, extended exposure to high demands on, aer- on aerobic performance. These athletes is actually where it's hitting most. And the most common reason, or the most common cause for amenorrhea it's it's known as functional hypothalamic amenorrhea so it's FHA now this goes back to the hypothalamus having to be the regulatory center for hormone release I talked about this earlier on but it's caused by low energy intake exercise excessive exercise weight loss stress or else a combination of all of them in runners cases and gymnast cases they're not getting sufficient energy in for energy expenditure. Now there's a condition called the female athlete triad and this is a combination of three conditions that are connected with over-exercising and under-eating in athletic training 
Um, so it's, it's basically like your amenorrhea, and this is going back to the functional hypothalamus amenorrhea, then also osteoporosis. So teenagers, young women in their early 20s are experiencing osteoporosis, and this is from the low hormone levels in the body from not getting your period. Then there's also disordered eating and basically not getting enough calories in for the amount of energy that needs to be spent. It's most common in athletic athletes for the likes of gymnastics, so gymnasts, ballet dancers, long distance runners, figure skating. So any sport where they have to have a high level of aerobic expenditure but also having to look a certain way. Now, the disordered eating, actually, it it really does come down to psychology and the likes of coaching and parents as well. So parents and coaches have a huge responsibility when it comes to young athletes, young girls who are training very, very hard with long-distance running, with gymnastics, with ballet dancing. But there's massive studies being done in it at the moment, and there's also... There's a huge influx of... I'm not going to say a fight, but there's a there is a need for the female athlete triad and what's going on with young women. Exposure for it. There needs to be more exposure around it because these young girls are being put at such high risk due to competing at an athlete level. And girls at an age of, in their teens... Some of them are preteen, but, you know, from the ages of 10 up to their early 20s, anywhere in and around there, if they're being pushed at a massive level from their coaches and from their parents and that need to having to succeed, that need to having to win, yes, there is a drive and an ambition there, but at the same time, at what cost? There is a huge cost for girls who aren't getting their periods at all throughout their teenage years or early 20s. And that cost is their reproduction, their reproductive health, their bone health, their mental health. There is a it it is all coming at a massive, massive cost. And why? If you're doing these sports for yourself and yourself only for the love and the joy of it, then fantastic. But if you're being pushed from external sources, you need to take a step back and realize, is this really for you? Because what is it doing to your body? What is it doing to your reproductive system? The fact that you're not getting your period is a huge sign that something's not right and something needs to change. But yeah, so for this episode, it's all about amenorrhea and different areas and I wasn't expecting to go so deep into the athletic side of it but here I am now I'll be honest again I'll say I don't know huge amounts when it comes to athletics athletes because I I haven't worked with any because none have come to me um like I said I'm more in the world of strength sports and physique and uh, powerlifting and I'm going to talk about that as well because that's that was my life and in these podcasts I do talk about my own my own experiences and what I've gone through and what 
I've seen and what I've learned along the way. So it's it's a combination of what I see in clinic and also what I've experienced personally myself. And it's different for everybody. Everybody has their own experiences and everybody has their own stories to tell. But yeah, so I'll just talk really about myself. But when it comes to amenorrhea in athletes, it, it there does need to be more awareness around the likes of the female athlete triad and what actually is going on and the psychology around it. And to be honest, the female athlete triad could do with a full podcast on itself and I may actually do that. I may get a sports psychologist on to actually talk about what is going on with female athletes and what we can do to change it because at the end of the day, your reproductive health is being compromised at a huge level. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling anyone out there to stop training and give up your diets and this, that and the other. I'm not because I'd be a hypocrite if I said that. I train. I weight train. I used to train really intense and really hard for a few years. Now I have brought it back a bit uh, on my own decision because, well, it's kind of a lie. I was forced to give up vigorous training due to different issues. The first one was a car crash. The second one was surgery. And the third and most recent one was a collapsed lung, which was great crack. But what I've come to realise is that I was training so hard for different things and I wasn't listening to my body and I wasn't listening to what was going on. Now, I've never lost my periods. What I've ended up having would have been extra periods. So uterine bleeding dysfunction. And so what I put it, these things happening me what happened to me as in the car crash and the surgery and then the collapsed lung was you may think you may not be into this hooey fooey witch doctor stuff but this is my opinion but I believe that it was the universe stopping me in my tracks because I was just going way too hard for too long between training working extra studying running and owning a business and building a business and different life events but I wouldn't stop training and it was the one thing I could have reduced so I do believe that it was the universe's way of saying Orla you gotta slow it down a bit because if you have been listening you will know that I do have hormonal problems when it comes to my own health so I've had one two three three surgeries um for cysts and endometrial um investigations and things like that so I'm not going to tell anyone out there to stop training but what I am going to say is it's when you train really really hard and you're dieting really really hard and you lose your periods it's it's very hard to get them back this is something that can be controlled now if you have PCOS or you have a thyroid problem it's completely different. Do you know, these are things that need to be treated in a different sense. And But I'm talking to people who are, are training excessively hard, the likes of your long-distance runners and your physique models. And powerlifters as well. Like I'm, It's powerlifting that I have done for the last five years. 
but like even talking to my partner on this and he's a strength coach a strength coach and he sees a lot of it too and he also sees different people's perceptions on it some female bodybuilders are actually happy not to have their periods because it doesn't interfere with their training cycles and doesn't mess up their plans and they get leaner and everything like that that's fair enough others would rather have it and look it's each their own it is now don't get me wrong what I'm about to say but like if your life's passion and goal right now is competing then that's you know what that's fantastic it's brilliant you have drive and you have ambition and you should do it you should go for it and I used to be like this I used to I would not listen to my own body and I wouldn't listen to what people were trying to tell me when it came to my health because I was driven I was training hard so hard I just competed in the world powerlifting championships a few years ago and I ranked seventh in the world um, in the WDFPA. WFPA? WFPF. I can't remember the name. <laughs> We're affiliated with a different um, organization now. But anyway. And yeah, so I was gung-ho, you know, this is it. I'm going, going, going. But already I had seen massive changes in my menstrual cycles and I wasn't telling anybody. They were getting worse and worse and worse. I was getting all the symptoms back again of all the endo stuff and it was really affecting me but I wouldn't tell anybody. Now certain people could see it and they were telling me to stop and I was like no 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 I'm fine I'm fine. Unfortunately I wasn't but I didn't listen. So look I'm not telling you what to do I'm just telling you my experience with it um, because I'm 32 now. Now, back then, I think I was 28, 29, so I wasn't too young, but I was still in my 20s, and I was like, look, I have loads of time for babies and things like that. Now, I'm not saying every woman wants a baby out there. You don't, you know, and that is completely fine. Everybody has the right to either have a kid or not have a kid. But what I'm talking about is for women who, athletes out there who do want to come who do want to compete sorry athletes out there who do want to have children it's something that you really do need to start thinking of and um, when you're going out when you are doing those marathons or when you are getting those high numbers going for world records going on to stage shows having to get your body fat percentage down so low that you can't even function on a basic level now, I've never competed in stage shows. I admire every single person who does because I've had so many clients come into me after for help for regulating hormones again. And I do, I have so much admiration for you and I've seen it with friends, the hard work and dedication that goes into it. It's phenomenal. But I also see the after effects of it and how hard it can be to get the body back in balance now I'm not saying it, it's impossible it is possible to do but it is a bit of a longer road so it will take it can take anywhere from six months to two or three years and that all depends on what protocols that you're that you're putting in place 
And like, I'm not saying that you can never train again. Oh my God, you have to train because you also need to train for your happy hormones, for your endorphins, things like that. It's just when it gets to a stage where your body is actually giving you signs that something's off. And when your period goes, that is your body telling you, it's it's an alarm bell ringing in, in your head to say, look, something's not right here. Can we take a look at it, please? Hello, are you listening to me? I'm here or I'm not here. Something's going on. How can we fix it? That's It's literally your body kind of knocking on your head saying something's wrong. But like I said, you can still train. It's just a matter of reducing it back. Now, for anyone who's going for a show right now, I'm not telling you to give up what you've just done over the last few months. No way in hell, because that's, I'd never do that. Oh my God, that would, that would be, I know myself, that would be a nightmare to have to do. But just a, a matter of start looking at different things now for when you're finished. When you're finished competing in any sort of severe powerlifting comp or any stage show or any marathon. There are things you can start doing now and that is with nutrition. Now I know for physique it's a different story. Your nutrition is dialed into a certain amount and I understand that. But even the likes of just making sure that you are getting enough of your, your leafy greens in if you're not supplementing with the likes of an organic spirulina make sure that your liver pathways are functioning as best as they can not cutting out fat completely trying to hold on a little bit of, hold it hold on to a little bit of fat and trying to hold on to a little bit of complex carbohydrates as well because these are needed but making sure that you have little things like this in place and then for once you're finished getting some sort of protocol to bring you back into balance as soon as you're done get started I would find someone now who has experience with helping women coming back from uh, say stage shows or marathons and getting their cycles back like if your coach isn't isn't looking out for your well-being when it comes to your female health after the show if they just want to get you to the show or get you to the platform or to that finish line and then they're not thinking about you afterwards that's not right you, you need to find someone who is going to look at your overall well-being and that's after the show as well like I know my partner he has sent girls on to me it's been a, a process of right before or not right before but before they are going on stage like for their seven week prep he comes to me or he did come to me and would be like Orla what can we do now to get things in order for when they're finished and like myself and Max would sit down and we we would do things we would work together for different people and then afterwards they'd come to me individually and we'd do a herbal protocol and we'll get things back on balance and for some it only took a few weeks others it took a few months you know it's different for everyone but what I'm saying to anybody who's a competitive athlete out there right now is to just look at when you're finished competing start start building your stepping stones now to get your health back in order for afterwards and as well, always look at your coach, always look at who has your best interests at heart, because at the end of the day, it's your life and it's your body. 
so yeah I will always say to people why is it that you're doing this are you doing this for you or are you doing it for someone else and it's something that I think you should always ask yourself as well but yeah there are things that can be put in place to help with getting your body back in balance afterwards and then there's other factors that we have to look at when it comes to amenorrhea like stress stress is a huge issue when it comes to amenorrhea stress and trauma Dr. Christiane Northrup talks about body-mind connection in amenorrhea and how stresses that have been found to suppress ovarian and menstrual cycle function include negative feelings about being a female. Like, this is... There are a lot of women out there who have a negative association with being a female. And this can all relate back to... You turned out to be a girl when your parents wanted a boy... Now, not being told that you were having a boy and then a girl came out. What I mean is that the parents wanted a boy and then a girl came out and there was a massive disappointment and then they tried to make this girl be a boy for the rest of their lives, that sort of thing. Which is a thing, by the way. But also, like, feeling suppressed as a girl, like that. And being told that you're not good enough just because you're a girl. And even down to being a victim of sexual assault or rape... These are all, because you were a woman, this happened to you. There is this thought process in women who have gone through a rape or a sexual assault or anything of that nature. Even the loss of a child, a miscarriage, a stillbirth, things like this, these can all contribute to a stress or a trauma which will stop your period and it's contributed to that negative self-worth belief sorry negative self-worth belief and feeling that you're not good enough and it's all because you're a woman or you're not a good enough woman or you weren't a good enough mother or just for having a vagina you were wrong you know these things are there for women and having these thought processes can stop your period in its tracks. Like Dr. Christiane Northrup is phenomenal with her understandings of, of female health. Like she's she's an endocrinologist and, and a gynecologist, and but she connects the mind and the body together. And when we have negative emotional or spiritual it's can I say spiritual? Yeah, I'm gonna say spiritual feelings around our identity or around ourselves, they impact our bodies. And like, yeah, when it comes to our bodies, we do always have to look at the science. But the emotions there are there too, and they, they are connected. Like we're not just blood, plasma and muscles. We're also, like I said, we're spiritual, emotional beings. Yes, our emotions affect our bodies. But that saying, mind, body and soul, do you know, come on, we are all mind, body and soul and it's all connected. We're not just a body that has no feelings, no emotions. and So our emotions are going to affect us. We are that trinity within ourselves, do you know, mind, body, soul. Like I've seen women come into me whose tests all came back normal and I was dumbfounded. I was like, look, we have gone through this, 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 this and this. And I've, I've asked them to get their test results and I've read through them. Because I'm one of these people who, I, it annoys me with blood tests where the normal range is such a large range. 
So I always read the test to see if they're on the upper or lower end of that normal range, in inverted commas. <laughs> and um, But yeah, they come back and they have actually been normal. And I'm like, what the fudge is going on here? And then I'll go, okay, what's going on emotionally for you? What have you gone through in your life? What has happened through you from being a child, from getting your period, any sexual assaults? And then that's it, you know, something's triggered and that's it. There's a deep-seated or deep-seated trauma and shock and feelings of being unworthy. And all of this affects the menstrual cycle and a lot of women don't realise that. So what I will say to any woman out there is that if you had have, have had any trauma or shock or anything to the body in the past and then all of a sudden your period stops, there's connection there so what I'll say to you then is that it's a matter of of working on that and working with yourself through that find someone that you can talk to about whatever happened to you it may be something tiny but it had a huge emotional impact on you or it may be something big and you've suppressed it and you can't even deal with it so then the body is the body is taking over and making you look at it the body and mind is a very complex area and I, I do love how they work together and how they give us these little signs. But for a lot of women, they have gone through severe traumas and straight away their periods will stop. But they never think that there is a connection there until they look back. So for anyone who has had blood tests and they've all come back normal, if there is something there emotional, anything traumatic, I would look into finding someone to talk to about it, like a, a female psychotherapist. Do you know, there's nothing wrong with going to therapy. I do it all the time. It's great. I love checking in with myself. Haven't been in a while, and I think, do you know what, could be time I go back and just have a quick check-in and see how things are going. It's medicine for the mind and soul. There's nothing wrong with it, and I don't know why there's still taboos around it. But yeah, definitely it is something to look into if you feel that you are one of these women. But then there's also loads of other things that you can do for all women who have amenorrhea and there's something going on and nothing's, and you don't know what's happening. And the likes of diet, supplements and herbs, they do all help. But like I said before, it can take up to anywhere from six months to three years for a herbal protocol or a, a nutritional protocol to work all depending on the severity of the amenorrhea how long you've had amenorrhea and what steps you've taken in the past as well it's all connected but yeah even the likes of your diet so you've heard me talk about your leafy greens and again that's for your liver function we want those liver pathways clear we want that detoxifying pathway going to get rid of any excess hormones, any excess androgens. We, we need to free them from the body. Then also healthy fats. We need healthy fats for proper hypothalamus and pituitary function. I always say we need it for proper brain function, proper hormone function. Well, we need it for the hypothalamus and the pituitary glands, which create these hormones, as well as your adrenal glands, but it's the hypothalamus and the pituitary. We really need them function right. So good healthy fats. And as well, supplements like good essential fatty acids, fish oils, get good brand fish oils, more EPA I like because there's no soy in it 
Um, what else? So vitamin B complex. We need certain B vitamins for proper hormone production. So if you're not taking a vitamin B complex, I would look at getting that in, especially for women who have amenorrhea due to stopping the pill because the pill completely strips the body of your B vitamins. So you need to supplement in with these. When I talk about supplements, yes, I always say I rather people have get their vitamins and minerals from their food, but a lot of the time we do need to supplement for a period of time. My rule of thumb is six weeks on, three weeks off, another six weeks, and then for your food. Like you're, you don't need, to, you shouldn't be on supplements all the time. It's not good for you. But when you're deficient and when there is something going on with the body, then yes, supplement in. So the likes of your essential fatty acids and your vitamin B complex. These are your two key ones. And then herbs, my favorite. There's so many herbs that can help with amenorrhea. But the thing is, it's all specific to the person. And when it comes to herbs, they all work synergistically together. So a certain formula isn't going to suit everyone. So what I will say is do look into going to a herbalist or a nutritionist. Go to someone who you trust, who you like, and who knows what they're talking about. Go on to the IRH, Irish Register of Herbalists. Do you know, you need to find somebody who is going to be good for you. But yeah, loads of herbs. Herbs like adaptogens, they're my favourite herbs. They regulate and manage stress. So the likes of ashwagandha and eleutherococcus. Studies show the benefits of adaptogens, especially ashwagandha and eleutherococcus, which is Siberian ginseng, in regulating cortisol and adrenaline levels, which is fantastic. But not all adaptogens are the right fit. So like a lot of people would take ginseng. When people are taking ginseng, they're talking about either American ginseng or Panax ginseng. It's actually too strong. So if you're buying it over the counter, I would actually go for Siberian ginseng instead. But again, I do recommend actually seeing someone and getting a formula specific for you because there's loads of herbs that you can't get over the over the counter. But yeah, as well, when it comes to adaptogens for any athletes listening, they're not all WADA friendly. So you have to be very careful. Ashwagandha in small, small doses is okay. Uh, Luthercoccus in small doses. Panics and American ginseng are out the window. You can't take them. So you do need to be careful and check your WADA lists for everything that you're taking. Even in your pre-workout, you need to be checking WADA. Then other herbs like amenagogues. Now these are used to actually bring on your menstrual flow. And uh, so the likes of calendula, angelica sinensis, motherwort, and black cohosh, black cohosh can all help bring on your period and start menses up again. But again, these are very strong herbs. They're very harsh, and they can aggravate the stomach. So they need to be balanced out with aromatic stomachics. Which, you know, again, this is why you need to go to someone so that they can make a nice balanced formula, which won't upset your tummy, which won't aggravate other areas. Like herbs are strong, guys. People think it's hippy-dippy, whatever. Up to 80% of pharmaceutical medis, uh, medication is derived from phytochemicals, like a chemical being extracted from a plant and used in a drug. Do you know, you need to be careful when you're working with herbs. Like black cohosh is one of the best herbs, but it, it, it cannot be bought over the counter. It has to be prescribed by a certified uh, herbalist someone like myself or Dr. Delish Clare back the West in Galway and 
because I don't know where any of you are that are listening to me. So yeah, all over the country, you need to find someone who's an actual herbalist who is licensed to prescribe these herbs. But then there's, again, there's other ones that you can get over the counter, like um, Vitex Agnes Castus is the hormone modulator. And these are great because hormone modulators will have an effect on the hypothalamus and the ovaries for regulating ovulation again. Even the likes of peony and licorice mixed together will help ovulatory function. And Chateauvary, phenomenal uh, female yin tonic. And it's it's so nourishing and it will really help bring back the period flow but balance the hormones. And then, like I always talk about, liver herbs, they are key. When there's anything wrong in the body, you got to look at the liver because it's the liver that detoxifies excess hormones. It's the liver that detoxifies toxins, heavy metals, everything. When there's anything wrong in the body, you look at the liver pathways first. The liver is the general of the body. If the general is fucked, you're going to be fucked. You need to sort out liver. Now, when I say your liver is sluggish, I'm not saying that you have a liver condition. It's just that it's not... It's not working at its optimum function because there's too much toxins going around. Yes, liver is a detoxification organ, but if there's too much toxins in the body and in the blood, it can't do its job properly. So it's just a matter of giving it a bit of help along. So again, the likes of your dandelion root, your burdock root, turmeric, add organic turmeric into all your food and you know it'll, it won't get complete therapeutic effects, but it does help. You're still surging your food with good medicinal herbs also schizandra fantastic liver herb which isn't um usually talked about but it is quite strong so you do need to be careful then we got to look at other factors like stress relief so meditation and yoga and gentle walking and deep breathing and i know probably some of you are like oh shut up now don't go on watch your meditation yoga gentle walking deep breathing but these things are true I myself find it very hard to meditate. I've just started meditating. Yoga, I love. that. For me, that's movement meditation. Gentle walking, great. I try to get barefoot into the grass or else into the sand as often as I possibly can. The electromagnetics are balanced through grounding with bare feet on the soil or in the sand. It's a really good way to lower your cortisol and adrenaline levels. But doing it regularly, I should be doing it more regularly, to be honest. But yeah, uh, these things, they really do help. But deep breathing, you don't realize how many people just shallow breathe. Breathing is what keeps us alive. One of the things, but the main thing, if we don't have oxygen, if we don't breathe, we die. So really start looking at the way you breathe. Are you shallow breathing? Are you breathing into your chest? Or are you breathing into your belly? Breathe into your belly. Even just doing that three, four times a day and that will help you. It'll make you more aware of your breath. And then as well, reducing vigorous exercise. If you're not competing at the moment, reduce your exercise back. Look into doing other forms of exercise like yoga. There's so many different types of yoga. There's hatha yoga, yin yoga, vinyasa yoga. There's so many different types. You can find one that is a, still a workout, but it's it's going to also help relax the body and reduce stress. And again, you know, asking yourself, why is it that you're doing all this vigorous, vigorous exercise? Is it for you or is it for someone else? But yeah, like these are all ways that you can help yourself 
I'm not saying all of this is going to fix it straight away. It takes time and you need to be gentle on your body and you need to be gentle on yourself and you need to know that it's okay and you will be okay. You just need to find the right protocol that's going to work for you and helping to reduce down the stress. And like I said, if you've had loss of periods for more than six months and you haven't had blood tests done, go to your doctor, get blood tests done, check out your pituitary and your hypothalamus and your adrenal glands, see what's going on with your androgen levels, you know, your androgen levels, your testosterone levels, check if there's PCOS there, check if there's a thyroid problem there. You may not have them, but you may be somewhere close on on that normal scale. So it's just a matter of checking things out. And I know I've gone on and on and on about training and different things. And to be honest, the training aspect wasn't even in my notes for this podcast, but it just kind of came out. And yeah, I hope it's helped some of you. And I hope I've been able to even at least educate you on the likes of amenorrhea and why it happens and that you can help yourself and Also that there are people out there who can help you with it, but also that you have to give it time and you have to be patient with it because losing your period is actually a, it's a strong effect on the body. Like it's, it's taken something strong to have this effect on the body. So it's going to take a little bit of time to get it back. So it's just a matter of, like I said, being gentle on yourself and giving it time. So that's this week's episode and like I said I hope it's helped and if anyone has any questions or if you liked it feel free to tag me in it or screenshot it or leave a comment even. I love doing these podcasts and I'm getting great feedback from them and I love giving women information and being able to help educate yourselves by giving you this information where you can go and look into things further. I think every woman has the right to know about how their body works and how their reproductive system works and yeah just how their woman female life works all in one so yeah like I said if you have any questions or if you need or if you liked it hit me up let me know I only love to hear about it so happy Thursday everyone and happy hormones